Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheDen.com. I'd like to welcome you to the Straight Out The Den podcast. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Lander. Based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. Uh, just for being a listener to the podcast today, um, what we're going to do is give you um, a free trial with Lander. All you got to do is go to Lander.com, that's L-A-N-D-R.com, slash promo, slash S-O-D-D. Um, use that, and you, the link will also be in the, in the uh, show notes. But click on that link, and it's going to take you directly to the site um it's going to give you a free trial you get two free mp3s um of your master um it's a very simple process um no credit card required any of that jazz man just so go and sign up let me know if you like the service tell me tweet me and let me know what you think about what's going on man once again it's lander.com that's l-a-n-d-r.com slash promo slash s-o-d-d so you know um for the past couple of weeks we've been doing this um you know, it's been a shift in the way that I present this podcast to you guys. And I got to be honest with you, the response is great. Um, you guys are really um, enjoying this new wave of content. And so, you know, me being the guy that I am, I see what's working. So I'm going to keep doing that. Um, last week, we talked about eliminating the option of no. Um, and for you guys that didn't hear that conversation, it was a great conversation. It was mainly talking about selling your merch and your music and, and how to eliminate um, no from the vocabulary. It's basically like there should be some type of exchange, whether that's currency, an email address, um, a barter of services, something should be exchanged um, when you're giving away your, um, when you're selling your music, excuse me, no giving away. So, you know, keep that mentality. But uh, this week, um, as I kind of, um, you know, uh, mentioned briefly um, in last week's episode, I'm going to get into um the importance of your live show. Um, as an artist, um, I've came across many artists, and the one constant thing that I that I noticed um, in particular was that as great as an artist that these um, MCs were, a lot of them didn't understand just how to put on a good show. And you know, I, I definitely think that is something that we need to go over. Um, and very early in this podcast, I wanted to make sure that I got those points um, to you guys because the live show is so important. Um, I know that we're in the digital age right now and where people can get their music to the, to the public in little to no time. But um, the one thing that people fail to realize is that a live show can keep people listening to your music. The music can be great. But at the span of um, and the wave and, and how we're getting music nowadays is so quick and so rapid that, you know, you're out of sight, out of mind. So the best way to, to keep someone's attention is by putting on a live show, which means that you have to, number one, perform. Um, there's a lot of artists that I know that haven't really got that part down yet, you know, um, for whatever reason. And there's always different things, you know, and not singling out anybody, but there's always a reason why, you know, people don't want to perform. It could be, um, you know, anxiety. It can be um, whether they don't think that they're a good performer or it could just be as simple as not being able to get on shows. So, you know, I, I do want to kind of go over this briefly. We do have a guest for today's episode and we went into um, live shows and we went into a whole lot of things um, with the homie Div Dub. Um, he's working on a new project, Neat, and um, he sat down with us for a little under an hour just to talk about the project and, and talking about things that he's learned in his journey um, with the couple of projects that he's dropped. And we definitely got into the importance of a live show. So, um, I just want to take up a little bit of time early on just to kind of give you guys a, a few nuggets that you can kind of take with you. Um, but number one, um, you got to go and perform. Uh, you know, um, 
that's the most important thing. Whether you're a good performer or not, you won't understand how to perform until you actually do it. So um, I recommend all artists that if you've never performed it before, just get out there and do it. Anybody that'll let you perform, you know, um, get out there and do a show, um, you know, whether it's an open mic, um, if you have a relationship with a promoter, somebody that will say like, hey, man, I just need, you know, I want to perform one song. Um you got to get out there and perform. It's, it's so imperative that you perform and work out the kinks in your routine. You know, figure out which songs work. Figure out what song I should perform and which song I shouldn't perform. You, you know, you got to know to look at the crowd. So that's the that's the number one thing. And, and I know it sounds very simple and very juvenile, but you'll be amazed at how many artists that just forget about the performing element. They're, they're so studio heavy and such, um, you know, in the creative process that they forget about that you actually got to go out here and perform this, this music. So um, that's the number one thing, you know, performing. You got to get out there and perform. Um, the, the second point that I wanted to bring up, um, for whatever reason, I don't know where it started. Um, you know, a lot of promoters nowadays, they'll, they'll have artists kind of do their whole selling your ticket thing, which is something I've, I've talked about it before. If you're a fan of the podcast, you've heard me. I'm, I don't really agree with, um, paying to perform. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, I don't want it to come off as that I'm, I'm hating or anything like that, but just my personal opinion is that I feel when you pay to perform, you miss a lot of opportunities. You miss an opportunity to be who you are as an artist and you miss the opportunity to to grow a true fan base. When you're paying to perform, you're you're more than likely gonna be there with a host of other artists who pay to perform. And their fan base there will be limited, you know. Um it's just I don't know why it's like that. It's just it's it's typical. Um, it's just early stages of careers. People feel like they have to pay to get on a stage and, and it's just not true at all. Um one thing that I would say, if you think about paying for a show to be on a showcase, um, in my opinion, if you absolutely have to pay to get on something, you need to make sure that, A, there's somebody who will be at that show that can change your life. And I know that's kind of, you know, it's very vague. And it's like, how do you know that? Well, there's a couple of things. If there's, you know, maybe a, a guest panel of industry um um, leaders and, and people that are already progressing in their careers that can actually make a lifestyle change for you. Um, if, if those type of people would be on the panel, then that's something that you can look at. It's like, okay, well, maybe this is an opportunity. Um, if you're in a market that you know that you don't have reach in at, at the time, um, for example, we're in Atlanta, but if you have an opportunity to perform in LA or um, New York or Miami, those are markets that are, are huge markets. Houston, those are huge markets that are sometimes hard to break into if you're not from that place. So, you know, if, if it's a situation like that where you're, you're kind of paying that. And once again, I, I strongly suggest don't pay, but these are things if you just, just so happen want to pay to perform, these are some, you know, I guess my, my asterisk um, there where I said like these are some exclusions. So if you're, if you have the opportunity to perform in a bigger market, um, then that may be something that you want to look at too. If you, if you just absolutely have to pay. Um, the other thing that I would say about paying to perform, and I know I'm going off on this tangent about paying to perform, but I think it's imperative that you guys get this information. Um, just think of it like this. If you're paying somebody, I don't know, maybe $150, $200 to perform, right? Think about that for, for just a second. For $200, we'll just round it off. For $200, you can literally 
rent out some type of venue. You know, you, you may not have the biggest venue. It may not be a venue that people are known to come to. Um, it, it may be a, a startup, you know, venue, or it, it may even be just a small, a small space. But for $200, you can pretty much get that done. And even if you can't rent out a, a space, you can get a DJ. Um, you know, most DJs now, you know, there, there are so many DJs out there, a lot of DJs who are just learning. You can get a DJ, um, a respectable DJ anywhere between 100 and 150 dollars you may get somebody at 50 dollars but i can't guarantee their work but you know so get a dj for 100 bucks and now you have another 100 bucks to kind of you know go into a to find some type of space you can work out deals with these venues man you know you may not make a whole lot of money off the door but if you go to somebody that has a venue and say like look man i'm a new artist um i think i can get about 20 to 30 people in here just off of my own fan base um and if we heavily promote this thing we can probably get you know 50 to 100 people in here you know just thinking big if you if you come with real numbers to promoters and you tell them your situation and you tell them how much money you have there's a good chance that they'll be willing to work with you like i said your, your split on the door may not be as big as it would have been if you came with the price that they charge but if you're coming in there with 150 dollars and you're telling them like hey i know i can get 50 people in here i can guarantee if i can get 50 people in here you know would that be beneficial for you well if you can get 50 people into you know a small venue Maybe that owner will be able to help you out with that 150 and tell you like, hey, we can do this, but I'm only going to give you 30 percent off the door. You know, that's still a potential to make money. And if you believe in yourself and you can believe you can get those 50 people in there, 50 people at five dollars a head or even say ten dollars a head. If you can get 50 people to come in there, that's five hundred dollars. Any venue in any city would appreciate $500 from the door. That may not seem like a big number, but once again, I'm trying to be realistic just for you guys to kind of get a, a, an understanding of of how you can just turn this whole situation around from paying to perform to actually using that money that you, you would have spent on paying to perform to just throw your own show. You'll make your own money um, and you'll see a true benefit. These are people that are coming out to see you perform as opposed to you going in the showcase with a bunch of, you know, random artists who may or may not have fan bases and you pay to perform basically in front of them and people who are fans of the venue. So there there are some things to look at, but there's also some win wins on different parts of the spectrum. You just have to weigh your options. Um, the third thing that, that I wanted to go over um, in regards to your live show is the length of your live show. People, you, I can't stress it enough. Um, your live show is your resume, in a sense, when you're an artist. Um, having a resume as an artist is, is just as imperative as having a resume as um, someone walking into a new job. So when having a resume, the one thing that... Uh, you know, that I was taught, you know, uh, um, I graduated from Georgia State University in a degree in marketing. We, you know, different classes that we took is just kind of prep you for for the business world in a sense. The one thing that's across the board about a resume is you want to keep it short and sweet with enough information that you'll make that your, your future or uh, potential employer want to give you a call back. That's what you want on, on your resume. You know, enough information that's relevant to the job, short and sweet. To the point that that person reading that resume say like, you know what? He looks good on paper. He or she looks good on paper. Let me give them a call for an interview and see how they are in person. That's what you want to do. So the, the think of your live show like a resume. Keep it short 
and sweet. In my personal opinion, if you're a new artist and you don't have a serious fan base and nobody knows you really, you should keep your form, your performances to um, limited to about two to three songs, with three being way um, on, on the high note. Technically, I would say two songs, but three songs if you if you brought people in with you, you know. Um, but the reason why I say you want to keep your 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 set short is because the truth of the matter is we don't know you. Um, it's something about music I don't know. I, I've yet to figure it out. But we as consumers don't like what we haven't heard yet. And it, it, it's, there's only a few people in this world that can really gravitate towards new mu music and genuinely like it for what it is and not know the artist behind it. So with that being said, you got to keep that in mind when you're performing. Keep your show short, simple, and sweet. Two to three songs. That's that's an eight minute set. <laughs> and I know that may seem like, oh, man, that's nothing. But look, if you go in there and do um, maybe a verse and a half of one record, a verse and a hook of a record and come in and, and with the record that you want people to hear and maybe close with um, some some solo stuff or, or just some acapella stuff and just really talk to the crowd and work with the crowd. That's more effective than doing a 15 to 20 minute set of all your dope music that you think is dope. And it could be dope. You know, there there could be some some definitely some gems in what you're performing. But if you get up there for the first time and nobody knows you and you do 15 minutes, there's a good chance that you're going to lose people by the second song. And that's why I say two to three songs is really all you need. Um, and you, you can grow with it. You know, now I will say um, as a caveat, if, if you if you're throwing your own show. At that point, you've grown some type of a fan base. Then you can kind of work things in a little bit longer. You can you can work a longer set in. You can do more interacting with the audience and talking. Um, you know, you can you can go into that that third and fourth song because those people came to see you if you're doing your own show. But if you're just on an open mic or you you know you're on a showcase, um, two to three songs, man, that's all you need. And you can get in there and, and you can really get to the point where you do those songs. They sound good. They sound great. The performance was great. You interacted with the crowd, how you supposed to, you got off stage. As soon as you get off stage, you'll see, and you'll know if your show was what you thought it was because people will come to you. It's just something that people, people love to see a live show. And if it's a dope live show, you'll get that response. Now, if you don't get any response, it doesn't necessarily mean that you had a bad record. Um, it doesn't mean that you had a bad show. It just could have been that the crowd that you performed at um, wasn't looking for the music that you was doing. And that brings me to the fourth point. Know your audience. Um, you, you have to know your audience uh, when performing. The prime example, um, and you guys heard me mention Pack Lounge. That's the show that I do um, every other Saturday um, over in Atlanta um, in the Castleberry Hill area. Um, there was a show, dope, very dope artist, um, and I commend him for it, um, what he did, because he, he has a show. He's pushing a project, and it, it is what it is. But this show, it just so happened we had a very high count of dudes at the show. It was very um, hard leg heavy um, at the show. So he, he had just recently did a, dropped a project um, called Bay, where it was just talking about, you know, his experiences with women. And it was just difficult, you know, he but, but the way he sold it was so perfect. Um, he realized the audience that he had. So he knew that he had to address, and, and I'm talking about Jameson Saki. What's up, Jameson? Um, if you listen to this podcast, he, he, um, he was one of the earliest um, guests that we had on the podcast way back when. You can guys can definitely go through the archives and check him out um but jameson saki um 
excuse me, came um, at Pack Lounge and, and, and had a set. And his songs were pretty much geared to women. Um, the songs were about women. It was addressing women. And it was just, you know, talking about relationships and things like that. So women can heavily relate to those records. So what he did was he recognized that, hey, I have an audience full of dudes out here. So I know this is going to be awkward. So instead of me just coming up here and performing these records, he said something to the crowd. It was like, hey, this is who I am. This is These are records off of my latest project. And like, I see it ain't that many women out here, so this is going to be a little bit awkward, but I'm going to perform these records. So him doing that broke the ice. He he stated the obvious. There was a lot of dudes there. It was very dude heavy. But he, he set his expectations. He said, like, look, I'm still going to do these records, and you guys are going to love them. And the truth is, a lot of people love the records. You know how it is sometimes dudes, like, if they love the record, they're not going to move to it be- too much because they know that it's a it's it's a record really geared to a woman so you can he had to limit himself but at the same time what he did was he broke that ice he said like look these are what these records are about he recognized his audience and it's when you recognize your audience your show it you can fine-tune your show per, uh, another example of that would be you go into a show um and you're at you're at a venue that's pretty much doing all turn-up music you know, um, that's that's something big in Atlanta. No knock to it. It is what it is. It's big in the city. So if you're at a venue that's doing alternative music and you're the type of audience, you know, you're the artist, excuse me, that is more, you're more like a common, if I can compare you to somebody, a common or a Talib quality. So, you know, knowing your crowd and knowing, knowing who you are as an artist, one thing that you can do is by breaking the ice is saying like, look, I know what type of records these are. So when you come in, you have to know what to perform now i I am an advocate for you know being consistent with your performances because i think early on you know um people don't know you so you may have to you know perform records the same records over and over again until you know especially if you have one or two records that you strongly believe in that you think can work um but you got to know your audience so if you got all trap music and you're kind of trying to cut through with some um you know, just regular drums, some some golden era, some 90s sounding drums, it's going to cut through very much so because if people been here in 808s all night, but your performance level has to be up a little bit more because you can't come on stage and you're so cool, calm and collected um, with these type of drums when you're performing behind and in front of people that have been doing turn up music all night. You're going to look like your energy level is just not going to match up. Something's not going to look right. And even though you could be dope, the audience is going to look like, um, I don't know about this guy. You know, I, I just don't, you know, he, he's not the same. So it's going to, it's going to stick out. So, and there's nothing wrong with sticking out. I, I, as an artist, you should stick out. However, in a performance, you should know what your, your, your music, you got to know your crowd. You got to know your audience and recognize what they're doing. So if they're gravitating to a certain style, acknowledge who you are, acknowledge, say like, Hey, I don't do turn up music, but y'all going to turn up with this. You know, you got to talk to the audience because what an audience, the the one thing that as an artist that you can do, that you can control is how you interact with the crowd. Your interaction with the crowd determines their participation. So if you can get them to interact with you and, and, and vibe with you at what you're doing, then you won that night. That's all you got to do. If you If you can focus on just a couple of people there and get them to understand and buy into who you are. Then I think you I think you win as an artist with performing. Um, there's there's one last point that I want to get into um, with 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 your performance. You have to control that stage. 
know the stage that you're on, know the spacing of the stage. A lot of performers may stand in one spot the whole time. And that's just not going to work, especially at a hip hop show. There's there's not too many shows. If you're at a very intimate setting, you may be able to get away with it. But for the most part, if you're at a show and you have a, a decent sized stage, I mean, it doesn't have to be a huge stage. You got to work every side of that stage. You got to work that room. You can't stand in one space the whole time. There's more than one person in the room. So you got to talk to everybody in that room. And the best way to talk to people is eye contact. If you're making eye contact with the fans inside of, of your show, guarantee it's going to feel very awkward for them because most people are not used to looking in somebody's eyes like that. So it's going to become very awkward. But the, the great part about that awkwardness is that they're going to look at you as an artist that's like, man, this person looked me in the eyes. I feel like they're talking to me when they're performing. I feel like they're performing directly to me. People see that. They love that. They may not tell you that immediately, but they love that. Imagine going to the, to a show with your favorite artist. My favorite artist is Andre 3000. So imagine if I'm at an Andre 3000 concert and he's rapping elevators and I know all the words elevators and I'm rapping and he started looking at me. And he give me the thumbs up. I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Um, that's that's never going to leave me. I was in, in my head. I'm rapping with Andre 3000. And it's the same thing. You got to think big, even when you're on a smaller level and you're, you're just performing for the first time. You got to look at those moments and, and, and appreciate those moments. Somebody in that audience, you can be Andre 3000 too. Everybody wants to be the, the person that say like, man, I was on them way before everybody else. And the only way to do that is through that live performance where you can gravitate toward these fans who paid to come see you. And really put on an awesome show. So, you know, those are just a few a few things that I want to go over. Like I said, I don't want to take a lot away from the, the conversation that I had with Div. Um, because we went over a lot of other things. that I, And he brought up some solid points that I even think of. And I didn't get a chance to say here. Um, but I think that you guys would definitely um, benefit from what he had to say. Um, so, you know, definitely stay tuned. Um, once again, it's the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. Um, Hopefully you guys are, are are learning something. That's that's my whole goal. That you know, I want to make sure you guys can take something away from this podcast. Um, no more of the days of just me rambling off talking um, with guests. I love that part. That's why I keep the interviews. But I put the interviews at the end. I want to make sure I'm giving you guys some little gems and nuggets at the beginning that you can kind of take with you. And, and help, hopefully it's helping shape your indie career um, until you become, um, you know, a major artist. So, look, today's podcast, once again, is brought to you by the good folks of Red Lander. Um, they are based in Montreal, Canada. And you guys may have heard me talk about this intelligent drag and drop um, mastering service, what that is. It's essentially what... You know, we know what mastering is. Mastering is making every record sound great on any device that you put it on. That's that's the short term. You want to make sure that that record, your song sounds good on your studio speakers, your car speakers, your your iPhone, your iPod, your stereo in your car, everything. You want it to sound the same on all of that. And the only way to really achieve that is through effective mastering. And what Lander is doing, they're a great company. <clears throat> they're, they're with the wave of technology. Everybody's doing streaming now. Everybody's doing every, everything online. So what they came up with this system where you can literally upload your wave file, your mix, and they will master your mix instantly. 
Um, once you set up th this level that you'll you'll be able to check out, depending on the type of service that you'll have, um, you'll be able to check out each um, level of your master, low, mid, or high. You can determine which one of those you like. And from there, you can preview your, your uh, mix. I mean, excuse me, you can preview your master, and then you can also hear how it sounded before. And uh, once you do that, you simply just go ahead and say that this is the mix that I want. Hit download. They're going to email you um, a link to download the, the master once it's ready. Um, depending on your internet speed, this can take anywhere between two minutes to, um, you know, maybe five. Um, it, it's a very quick process. And sometimes if you got a super fast internet speed, this can take, you know, a matter of like 30 seconds to a minute. It doesn't take a, a long time, basically is what I'm saying. But um, you go there and you're going to download your master. And it's just it's just that simple. Um, and it's a very dope, dope process. I use it all the time. Like, I really do use the product. I wouldn't talk about it if I wasn't using it. So look, here's how you can use it. Just for being a listener to this podcast, all you got to do is go to lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Go there um, and just check it out. You're going to get a free trial. It's two uh, free MP3s of your master. It's a very simple process. Check it out. If you like it and love it, let me know. Just tweet me at Straight Out the Den and tell me about it. I'll definitely retweet um, the good folks over at Lander just to let them know that you guys are listening to the podcast and you're checking it out. Um, so help me help you guys out. So look, it's Jay Good at Straight Out the Den. Um, we're going to get right into the interview right here with Div. Um, so just stay tuned and um, let me know what you guys think. That's what's always been crazy about it. The conversations I've had with people. They're like, man, but you know what I mean? You've been rocking. You and you know, good. I, I, like, I know good guys. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always. We always still be good. Yeah, that, that's the, the thing. I don't, I don't have a problem with, with helping out. Like, mm -hmm. when I decided to shift from the, the music um, like the part, I knew right then and there that, okay, I can, I can work with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But with working with people, I can can choose who I work with now. So that's right. why the people that you see I work with, those are the, like, out right now is winning team, you, and probably Hennessy. Mm -hmm. Like, as far as, like, that's, I mean, that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, and, and anything that, that comes up under that umbrella, like, you know, if Marv asks for help, I reach out to Marv because that's pretty much under the umbrella. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, that type of stuff, I, I can I can work on that. But like, man, I get people hit me up all day long about managing, and I was like, man, I don't have a relationship with you. I can't manage you. Right. I was like, there's only at this point of the game, there's only a couple of people that I can manage, and I just named them a couple of seconds. Ago. Right, right, right. You know I'm saying like that's it. Like that's 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 it because I already have a relationship with them. I already know I can tell them like, yo, either I can do this or I can't do that, and they understand. And why. they understand, and you know, we move on from there. Um, so, you know, of course, you know how I am. I already start recording, man. That's just, that's just, hey, how I, I, I got to do it. If the conversation good, man, I go ahead and just start rolling with it. Um, so the, the podcast, man, for the past couple of weeks, I shifted how I, how I've been doing stuff. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I've been, I, I shifted. And so, you know, I give people the, the, the little tools and nuggets early on. And, and so since we started this, conversation the way we did some of it y'all didn't get a chance to hear um i'm gonna give y'all you know we're just gonna just know that this this conversation here is just gonna be about i guess handling your business straight up you know handling your business and, and um 
I do want to go into other stuff, but I don't want to go into it because it, I don't know how that, you know, that situation is. So I'm not going to go there. You know, I, Say I, no more. I, I'll keep it. I'll keep it clean. But, um, you know, it's straight out the damn podcast, man. Um, been talking with the homie Div and, you know, he has a dope project that's on the way um, that, you know, it. We, we've been working very hard on this project, man. And Div, been, he's been working even harder on it, um, just getting things together and, and, and giving you getting you guys ready for for what's about to happen um july 25th yes sir july 25th that's the project so the project we're talking about is neat and um you know the conversation that i want to have with you man is like not necessarily just about this project man but just like the handling your business Mm. you know because a lot of people forget that part you know what i mean And, and i know as an artist you want to be creative and you want to be a creative and and sometimes in that creative process forget about the business aspect you can get real caught up and lost in that you get caught up and lost in it you know uh so you know i i I guess what i want to ask you is just like for you is that something i I guess you're kind of learning as you go type Mm -hmm. type situation um but you know specifically with this project the difference between this and you know maybe the first couple of records you you recorded what do you see like is the main difference between, you know, the the growth, I guess, in between those two projects? Um, okay. I think the biggest thing I learned this time around is you create first. Mm. You know what I mean? Create and internalize the concept and what you're actually trying to give to the people first. So then you can go back and handle like the business, as you're saying. It's to the point to where I recorded 11 records, mm-hmm. then completely pulled back from my creative process. Had no more. I was almost had writer's block. Couldn't go any further because I realized there's producers that I'm working with that I need to take care of the paperwork first before I start trying to promo and let these records leak. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I, I mean, it's handled now, so I don't mind saying it. I released a record and um, got a little uh, uh, internet radio play. And they, you know, um, th- their management of the producer came to me. And he was like, yo, bro, I didn't know you released the paperwork. I didn't know you released that record. You know, I'm cool. But let's handle the paperwork in case something comes from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something premature that early on, again, I was still like, you know, thinking only independent, thinking indie, you know what I mean? Not not realizing that I was in the space that, that those factors are going to come into play. So I just, re- and bef- I think in a lot of, a lot of times I did in the past was release music and started moving forward and trying to develop a plan as I'm moving through it, you know, moving through the space. And for the first time, you know, we've taken our time. Yeah, you know, it's um, you know, all all of those things you said, man, it's so important, and um, and you know, things you you kind of learn going on, um, but I love what you said though because it's it's something that you you have to start thinking while you're on the independent level, like you're on a major level, mm-hmm. because you know the the the, tr- the truth of the matter is when you're a major artist, people handle all that stuff for you straight up, so you don't have to think about it. That's the beauty of being a major artist, but you know. Uh, Coming with that, you know, they're going to take a bigger cut of the pie. But, you know, there, there are so many ways, man. I was having this conversation with, with somebody. I can't remember who it was, but just talking about how to make money, um, you know, on the independent level. Like, you can make money through SoundCloud. Like, and it's, it's a company called Sound Exchange where they basically, anything that's digitally streamed, mm-hmm. you know, they can get your royalties for. You okay. know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know... It's just taking the steps to doing that stuff, you know what I mean? Which and, and and I'm not gonna lie, it's a tedious process on a lot of that stuff because you have to do paperwork and straight up 
you know, paperwork can be a headache a lot of times, you know, because people are throwing stuff at you. And, and it, a lot of times when doing paperwork, it results in you having to dig and do a lot of research. You got to go back and do a lot of stuff because you didn't do it initially mm-hmm. and all that. So it's a headache. But I guess in the long run, it, it, it works out better, you know, for, for what you have going. Um, as I as I talk, I realize we're probably going to talk about a whole lot of stuff because there's just so much stuff, you know, to talk with you about. Um but but specifically with this project, man, and, and I know the the campaign and the marketing campaign that you you know you're going with with this and, and the way that you're presenting it with people. But um, what can you share if you want to share some of that stuff that you know the tools and, and, and things that you're using now to kind of help push this project forward? Um, what I think I'm realizing is it's okay to package personality. Um. And I say package personality over try to sell a character. Okay. I think a lot of times people think, yo, I'm not going to give you no gimmick. I'm not going to run with it. Instead of packaging aspects of yourself that you truly, that truly are you, mm-hmm. that you believe in, giving them more of the tip of the iceberg and taking what you would get at first face value, packaging that and giving that to them, selling that to them. You know what I mean? And it's not a gimmick. You know, this whole neat thing is not some... Um, character or facade that anybody is trying to portray i just took my two basic muses whiskey and women (laughs) yeah and said you know what let's just package those as a platform to run with so at worst case scenario in the midst of creating and giving perspective on life and making cool fun records you know you at the end of the day the foundation of it was just whiskey and women Mm. something that's easily relatable to anybody you know what i mean and um, I can't give any more gems because, you know, we're right there. But, you know, it was that's what I learned this, this goal around, not trying to be. I, I learned something recently that pride and success don't ride in the same car. Man, you say, know, that, say that one more pride time. Pride and success do not ride in the same car. Along the way, you're going to either crash and burn and mm-hmm. need to tune up or you're going to have to let some of that weight go. Man. You know, so and I realized my pride was the one thing holding me back in this music thing, thinking I'm about to stay true. I'm an underground hip hop artist. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah. do that, Div. You could do that, Devance. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, still do that. But at the end of the day, realize that there is a process and a business to this. Man, I got to write that down. Man, You said that that's stuck with me. That might be like, I don't even know what the name of this podcast is going to be, but that might be the title. You said pride and success and do success. not ride in the same car. Pride and I'm sorry, y'all, but I gotta write that down. <laughs> pride and success. Don't ride in the same car, man. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about that because I always use that that car analogy about, um, you know, getting people in your car. Oh yeah, I'll be wearing that out. I yeah, just want to let you know I'll be wearing that. Hey, out. It's all good, man. <laughs> but you know, but that I I love how that that shape because you're right, you know, and, and it's one of those things where just in business in general, whether you're doing music or whatever. A lot of times we do let our pride get in the way and our pride will keep us from making a lot of moves, man, mm-hmm. because we, we get caught up. We get comfortable in how things, how we feel things should be. You know what I mean? How we're used to things going. And, and, and it sometimes it, it, it don't, we find it hard to leave our comfort zone. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, oh, this works. So let me keep going. And whether, you know, and this is something, whether you know it or not, like, dude, like, Honestly, from the first time, maybe the Good Luck record, when I heard the Good Luck record, hmm. I was like, okay, so he has a story. I can see, I can hear that in, in, in that one record, like he has a story. 
And then when you came in and did the, the first podcast, it was like, oh, this dude is a star, but I don't think he realized it yet. <laughs> he don't realize it yet because, you're, you know, I think you, you're, you're a rapper's rapper, number one. And I'm trying to think of the best comparison. I hate to compare people with rappers, but just to give people proper context, it's kind of like, I'm going to say, I'm going to say J. Cole. Mm. It's like J. Cole doing, you know, the warm up and, and come up series, all of that. When he, he knew he could rap. He knew, he knows like, man, I can rap with the best of them. But I don't think J. Cole realized that he was a star. That he was popping. He was. He didn't realize yeah. that. You know, it's kind of like, oh man, like, like, oh, I'm just going to rap. I'm going to be a, cause I'm a regular dude. Mm. I can rap. I know that, you know, you know, I, I know like. The women might look at me, you know what I'm saying, whatever, but I know at the end of the day, I know I can rap. But I don't think, for me personally, I really don't think J. Cole realized it until maybe like midway through the first album. Yeah. I, I'll even give it second, second album. Second album, like Born Center, yeah. When Born Center dropped, it's kind of like, he, you can tell even with the content. Exactly. The approach to music yeah, in general. The, approach yeah, to music the, like, the oh, bars was different. It was like, oh, different. Like, okay, not only can I rap, but people are really paying attention. Yeah, I got it. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's where you, you're at in, in that space of like, man, you know you can rap. Like, rapping comes naturally to you. You know what I mean? And, and you know how to make those records. You, I've seen the growth because you know, I've had the opportunity to work with you. So I saw the growth from working with the blinded um conversations and, and now this time around where you actually crafting records that are gonna stick with people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like rappers are gonna love blinded conversations ten years from now. But like the people are gonna hear these records on neat and like it's gonna stick to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I can tell that's where you at with it and that's that's where the growth is coming on the music. Um man, I don't I don't know. I told you I'm I'm gonna be all over the place that's, with this one. We we overdue, man. We ain't been yeah. in the den in a minute. Yeah, we have we haven't, man. It, it's Since been a we minute. made a lot of these records. Yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy, man. Like, that, but you know, something also that's the beauty of it because, like, Div and I, like, we we we've worked on these records and, and these records are you know been fine tuned and and all of that. But also, we've been doing packs, so it's like it's not like I don't see you. Yeah, like, we always you know we always talking and all, but you know we just haven't had a chance to like really get in the lab and, and do some stuff in a couple of months. But that's because the music we did it so quick. Yeah, the right. Came, the music came so quick. It was like, okay, here it is, you know. And like now, let's figure out. Like you said, the music is done. Let's figure out how to make the people understand it, and and well, not necessarily understand it, but how to make the people listen. Mm-hmm. I think is you know make you know, it easy for them to listen. Make it easy for them to listen and digest. I think that's one thing a lot of rappers don't take into consideration. They said, you know, who's gonna like it's gonna like it mm-hmm. instead of you. That's like. You're making them judge a book by its cover. You meet somebody in the street, you have a mean look on your face, and you open your mouth like, "How you doing, ma'am?" You know what yeah. I mean? They're like, "Oh, he, he had no intentions of robbing me, or yeah. he wasn't <laughs> coming off aggressive." You know what I mean? So you got to make it easy for people to digest it if you're gonna do it. You know, because if you want to, Snoop said this: if I wanted to make music for me, I would have never dropped the project. You know what I mean? Like, you can always just make music for yourself, but at the end of the day, if you want to be an entertainer or uh, somebody who wants to contribute to society and the hip-hop culture, you got to make the music easy, easily relatable. Yeah. That doesn't mean dumbing it down. It just talk like you're talking, not just like I'm just talking to you good or I'm just talking to my homies, but I'm talking to an auditorium full of people. You would always change your perspective on how you approached any, any, any kind of public speaking. So. No, no, that's real, man. That's, that's really a dope approach because, and, and I don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm thinking a good reason 
why that doesn't happen so easily is because people are worrying about trying to sell records. And so, you know, we get caught up in looking at what other people's already done. Mm-hmm. And so you see what's popping now. You know, what's popping now is, um, you know, maybe a turn up record. So it's so easy to go and do that, especially being in the city in Atlanta. Right. You see that and it's like, oh, man, so maybe we should do that and try to, you know, get a vibe with that. And it's kind of like, you know what? No, because by the time that record for you start to pop, they own something else now. Straight up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, just give them something, something else for somebody else to, you know, I guess bite off of you in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just a battle of those worlds, man. Um, one subject that I did want to talk about in particular, man, was uh, like live shows. Okay. Um, live shows to me is one of the most important things that I think a lot of artists, for, for whatever reason, forget about. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. And it's kind of weird, but, I don't know why it happens like that, but a lot of artists that I've come in contact with, like they kind of put the live show on the back burner. They create these great records, mm-hmm. but then they get on stage and it don't connect. It don't look authentic. It don't, you know what I mean? Or they make an unperformable track. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's unperformable tracks. Give me an example of uh, an unperformable track. What's an unperformable track that just you really couldn't get out there and do? It was on the tip of my tongue. As soon as I said, I knew an example coming. Um, man, who's? It's somebody who's. I'm gonna hold on. We're going home. Okay. Drake. That is the biggest record of his career ever. And he won't be able. He to can never perform that. You yeah. know what I mean? Because he can't. It's a it'll never record. feel this. It's a studio record. A studio you know record. Mean? Yeah. You absolutely man. That's 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 a perfect example. Because it's a record, like we all know, like don't take any credit away from Drake. Drake is he's a studio artist. He's a studio artist. He's one of the the greatest rappers of our time right mm-hmm. now. I'll, I'll give him that. He he can rap, but when it comes to the singing portion, yeah, he hasn't mastered that live performance. So it's like when trying to perform records like that live, it don't come off right. It's it like, kind of looks like he's trying. It looks like, yeah, you're it's, right. And then you heard it in the studio. It was like, oh, this is crazy. This is a record that's probably going to outlast all yeah. of his records thus far, but you'll never be able to really go out and push that the way he would want to. Yeah, you're right. That's, that, that's a great record. That's a great record and great representation of that. So, you know, with that being said, man, like my thing with the live performance is um, I, I've said these things on, on, on social media quite a few times is that. If you're a new artist and you're at a showcase or open mic, how many songs do you do? Me and you've had these conversations off mic, you know, mm-hmm. plenty of times, like in the earlier stages, like, you know, coming out performing. And, you know, I, I say two to three records, no more than an eight to ten minute performance when you're when you're when you're fresh and new. I'm an advocate. If you're still on the scene coming up, you don't need to give them more than one and a half records. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. That's me. Like, first off, who do you think you are to think mm. that somebody is going to stand and give you that much attention for that long? When would you do? Are you going to give that same attention to the next artist that walks up? Be yeah. realistic be and realistic. be respectful of your audience, especially if you're coming up with a completely different vibe. And it was exhausting for somebody in the audience to sit there Absolutely. and take on these different people coming at them, throwing all these different um, vibes, energy, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, stories and, and, and characters and personalities. So I feel like it's just, I go up there, let me give you one whole record. 
that you was just, I, I committed to it. I, I got every, every word out of it. You heard everything I wanted to say and then give you a taste of something else that I have and then walk off and politic with you in the, in the crowd. Mm. I think artists should do that. I think somebody like, who's actually like kind of cooking that would still benefit from that? Um, I feel like you got to make it. You're performing it. And you're making them want to ask more questions when you get off the stage. Absolutely. If I go up there and I give you an 11-minute set or a 15-minute <laughs> set and you just learned my name, I wore you out. Yeah. You have no reason to go ask any more questions because you was up there long enough to where I was able to see your flaws and your, your come-ups instead of letting them appreciate my flaws later once the whole story unfolds. Because that live performance is everything. That's the, Man, that's the thing between them going to copy your music or yep. never copying your music again. And never want to hear about you again. Like, that, that's, you know, I'm happy that you said what you said. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when, I don't know, maybe it's just it's something about me, but sometimes when I say things, I think a lot of people, they hear it, but they, ain't, they don't hear it, hear it. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, oh, that's Jay Good. He going to say it. You know what I mean? Whatever, whatever. But when it comes from another artist that's been in that position, I think it's mm-hmm. it's a different impact, you know. Because I, I I'm a true advocate for that. Like, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, really, two song max is is that I give you three songs if you're doing partial songs, like you know maybe a minute, a medley minute, joint, you know, yeah. yeah, a medley type situation. Because that's the truth of the matter is, man, if if I don't know you, you gotta be great. What you you gotta you, be <laughs> great. You gotta get up there and kill it so much to the point where I'm like, yo. And honestly, I, I'm just going to say from a pack perspective, right? Uh-huh. Because I, I dig everybody's music that come through there. But to this point, to, the, to this day, there's only one artist that came through that had longer than like a 10-minute set. And I was like, oh, yeah, keep going. Truths. Well, no, that's two. Okay. Truths was one. Uh-huh. Because Truths, I'll say this about Truths. All of his records not, might not be the greatest like records that's going to draw you in, but his performance is impeccable. Yeah, like his performance is top notch. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like he still has good records. I don't want to take that away from him. Like he has great records, but he didn't have records that's going to make people say like, "Oh, yo, let me go and cop this." Now he his performance was so dope to it was like, "Yo, dude, what you doing? What can I follow you on can Instagram? I, can I follow you on Instagram? I just want to keep up. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other artist was Fleetwood Fred. Fleetwood Fred. Fleetwood Fred. I don't know what it is about them records. I don't know if it's like a Texas swing or whatever, but them records, they feel good. And it was like he came, he went up there and he did like three records and he had one more. And he, he looked at me, he was like, Can I? I was like, man, get one more. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you closing it out tonight, just go ahead and get one more because it, it felt, he just, it was feeling good. It was good, good records. And you know, and, and that ain't taking nothing away from any artist that came through Pad because I, if you if you ever performed at Pack, I've listened to the music, so I had to like something. You know what I'm Straight saying? Up. So, you know, um, but but the thing is, it's just like it's hard to digest, man. Like it, like you said, it's hard to digest when people don't know you. Mm-hmm. And most of that is because we as consumers hate new music. Yeah, <laughs> that's just all. It, it has to come through the radio for us to truly like love it. If it ain't on the radio, we kind of like oh, it's unless mm-hmm. you just it. You got to be a real music head to appreciate it. You know, new stuff, man. So you saying one song, and now what happens when you connect with the audience with that one song? What happens next for you? What's your process? Um, what I found, a lot of times your single is not the record you should have performed. 
Mm. You know what I mean? I feel like records need to change depending on the venue and the environment. Mm. I go places with five records that I could hop out with in the in the event in different orders depending on what's going to happen. Because I can make it in there, it could be a heavy female crowd. So I'm coming out with off topic and I'm going to end it with enough or switch it up. Yeah. Or it could be you're in a room full of people. You know, you got the reserve stiff rappers. Mm -hmm. Rappers heavy. I come out with that spirits joint. It's nostalgic. You can hop up on it. And, you know, I'm just, I'm being, I'm coming off brash and aggressive. Or if I'm in a situation where I have to get these people to pay attention, mm -hmm. I'll go throw back a little bit and give you heavy hip hop records. Okay. Straight up like rocks on pavement stuff that's just straight backpack, boom, bap. After that, it's about the conversation in the crowd. When you write out, I don't think, I think a lot of times people get off stage and they're a little pretentious with it. Yeah. So they walk up to everybody thinking everybody loved their performance <laughs> and they're handing them CDs and they face like, yeah, I appreciate it. Me, I kind of just walk off stage and walk mm -hmm. to the bar. You know what I mean? Get to the bar, order a drink and kind of sit back and see who gravitates towards me. And when they do, just show them a, a bunch of love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And from there, I th if you go into every show thinking that you're going to leave out with three new fans, you got the right attitude. Yeah. I, I rock with that. I think I said that too, man. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you take my words. No, hey, man. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> no, but no, for real. Like, I, I think if you can find two to three people that genuinely rock with your music every performance, you're doing something right. Mm -hmm. To walk in and get the whole crowd, man, like, I'm telling you, you at superstar status. Yeah. You it's should just not be, realistic. It's not <laughs> realistic. Like, you should be probably rocking at, you know, stadiums at that point because it's just. You know, it's hard to do, man. Like, to break as a new artist, like, you really got to... It's kind of like, um... You've seen, like, how maybe cartoons or commercials, like, they might have, like, a like a snowball at the top of a mountain. Yeah. And as the mountain goes... You know, it gets bigger, goes, and bigger and bigger. That's, mm -hmm. that's how it is for, like, you know, in my opinion, for, for, for rappers. Like, you know, trying to break... Well, just an artist in general trying to break through. You're going to start small. Mm-hmm. But... On that, on that tumble going down, just grab a couple of people, grab a couple more people. And then by the time you get to the bottom, everybody going to want to ride with you. They going to want to hop on the wagon. They going to want to hop on the bandwagon, man. It, it, it is what it is, man. It's like the key is like with a lot of these artists that break now, which I'm loving how the game is now as opposed to maybe five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. Like now artists that are really getting on have a body of work, a solid body of work. You know, they might have one or two records that kind of pop like commercially, but for the most part, they got a solid body of work and they just, you know, they, they already put out a project mm -hmm. and the label kind of like picked up like, oh man, I like what he's doing. Let me get him on, a, you know, on the team or whatever. And they fought it for a while. They fought it <laughs> as opposed to like the record labels here, one record, they love it. And so they just pushing it and they sign these artists when these artists did, they first, they literally freestyled their first two records. Right. You know, I heard I heard a um, did it all off energy. Dude, yeah, <laughs> I heard an interview to just today with um Cheddar the Connect the dude Flick of the Wrist. Okay, Flick of the Flick. So you look, you didn't even know who his name no. was, but you know the song. I knew Flick of the Wrist. You know, and yeah. and he was on the Breakfast Club, and he was like, "Yo, that song was just all freestyle, bro. I was just it was it was like, it was like two cups of lean and three Swissers. Swishers. <laughs> he was like, and I just freestyled it, <laughs> and it's like he got a hit record. I mean, he got a he got a, a, a believe it or not a top forty record yeah, in the yeah. country right now. You know what I'm saying? But the only problem with that is it's a record that it was so organic that he didn't have time to create anything else. The record just popped. 
he literally was high, made the record, and took it to the strip club and saw their reaction. And was like, oh, yo, this is a hit. This the one. Let me just put all my money in this. We're just going to go and keep performing this one record everywhere. Now you're chasing yourself forever. And that's that's the thing. <laughs> like, where do you go from that? You know what I mean? So it, you, you, you got to build a solid catalog, I think, is what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say before you pop, you know? Um, touring. Mm. Because I, I, I want to make this podcast about the live show. I know I said I was going to talk about handling your business, but I, I really want to focus on the live show because I think, the, like you said earlier, the live show really separates you from everybody else. So you, you, you've been performing your one or two records and, you know, showcases around the city. You, you're building your buzz. People are looking forward to seeing you perform. Mm-hmm. How do you get out of town? Like, what's your what's your your plan to. Like and I know I'm asking you this with you already been performing out of town, right? So, right. but you know your plan to like, man, okay, I'm popping in Atlanta, or not even necessarily like popping, popping, but I'm getting calls to do shows in Atlanta. How do I get mm-hmm. out of Atlanta and start hitting these other markets? Um, one thing I will say is I don't want to get lost in the circuit out here, because just with that avalanche tumble, uh, snowball effect. You could reach that terminal velocity and you just start, you just there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you just like, I ain't gonna get no faster, no bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm rolling. You, you know rolling. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, and that's no disrespect to nobody because the Atlanta independent scene is one of the, the best ones that I've seen. Um, having solid footage, concise footage, and not a whole show, just gotcha. two to three minutes of a cold performance mm-hmm. that you could show to anybody and let them know I know what I'm doing in front of a crowd. I know how to work a crowd. Then get out, find out where other shows are popping, and then humble yourself and ask the people if you can open for them. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I see you. You, I do research on other artists. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, you in Cincinnati? I see you low-key the guy in Cincinnati. You like the Clay James of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Let me come to Cincinnati and open for you. Mm-hmm. What would that take? You know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I, if I make the trip out there, if I get there on my own whims and I do my campaign and I bring some people with me, can I do it for free? Because mm. paying a hundred dollars or one hundred and fifty dollars is just, it's. I feel like it's starting to get counterproductive. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of these venues nowadays, they'll say it's a two hundred dollar cap to perform and pray five people get on the ticket. Yeah. Just so they could cover what they, they needed cover. to cover to do it. After that, you just <laughs> ain't nobody there. Ain't nobody looking. No, there, it's you know? it's man. Oh, see, I. I'm going to say it. Okay. Me personally, I don't like charging artists to perform. However, I understand why some people do it. Yeah. And I don't want to I don't want to knock it because I don't want to take money out of their pockets because I get it. My thing is if you put something out there and people go for it, can't knock the hustle. Straight you up. know what I mean? Me personally, I don't like doing it because I rather try to get money with somebody. Now, I what I am for if you do charge people people to perform tied into where it's not, you're not necessarily charging them to perform. Like I saw a showcase said, you know, maybe $35 to perform, but when you pay $35, you get two hours at this studio. So technically for me, I'm looking at it like, Oh, you really paid $35 for two hours of studio. For time. your name on a ticket in the studio, studio time. time. I get that. And, and you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a thin line because I understand why it really, what it is in my opinion, when you charge artists to perform, what it really is just what you said. Like, all right, I need four to, to six artists to get on this bill. If they all paying $100, then boom, I already 
the venue paid for. Mm-hmm. Venue paid for. If if I get two more people, now the DJ paid for. Right. Anything over that extra money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. So now the key is I got to get people in here because if ain't nobody coming in here, then it make it make me look bad because I've taxed these people here fifty bucks and they performed in front of. Ten other artists, you know right. what I'm saying? So, Just artists and people who came, who brought their artists out. Yeah, so you know, I, I get it. I, I understand promoters. I, I I just try to empower artists. Like, look, man, if you can get twenty to thirty people out of the venue, let's work together and put on your own show. Yeah, like let's, let's and that's really together. all it's gonna take. Twenty to thirty people. That's all you need. And just do your thing. Twenty to thirty people at at the right venue because like you can't get. 30 people, say you got 30 people coming with you and you're trying to get booked at Masquerade. Like, no. Child. But, you know, if you got a, you know, a small venue, something that, that'll hold no more than like 100 people. Aisle 5 is pretty dope. Yeah. You know, some, something like that. You know, 100 people, basement, um, pack. You know we got shut out pack. But anything that, that's going to get you anywhere between like 100, uh, 70 to 150 people, i say it's a good number. If you can do that. If you can get 20 to 30 people to roll with you, guess what that is? That's 20 to 30 people that's going to pay $10 at the door. Mm-hmm. So that's $300 off the door right there. I don't know too many people that's going to be mad at $300. They're going to drink. If all of them buying at least two drinks, that's another. That's $300 at the bar. You've already started something, plus somebody that's going to have regular traffic coming through. That's a, that's a good number to start with. And you know, I feel if you got that many people, if you can get 20 to 30 people that can rock with you, start putting on your own shows. You got to start, and, and you know, a couple of times you might not do nothing but break even, mm-hmm. but it's better than, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I mean, it is what it is, man. I ain't knocking no promoter that doing, that's, that's y'all thing. It's just me, and I guess me saying that, I probably miss out on a lot of money out here in these streets. Because you just gave it to him. You know, but. You just I, gave, him, gave him the jewel. Yeah, man, yeah. but it, it is what it is, man. I, I, I learned a long time ago, bro, that I, that I limit my. I've purposely limit my um, my cap when it comes to making money off of music. Okay. Because I'm just not that type of person. Like to really make this money, you got to be a certain type of person. And I realized that that's it's just not me. You know what I'm saying? So I can make I can make the money, but mm-hmm. you know it's a certain level that you have to be to to really get there, and you got to be a certain type of person. Um. How far ahead do you think when it comes to like you know performing at stadiums and and stuff like that? I, I know we we might be a year. Well, you never know. You might be six months out of that. Right? You never know, man. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 Put let's speak atmosphere. that to yeah, yeah, yeah. existence. Um, I think somebody who I feel like I have a natural uh, knack for uh, public speaking and being in front of people. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get more comfortable on stage than I, I would mm-hmm. just kind of chilling in the back. You know. Um, but I still practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember there's times we sat in this very lab right here <laughs> yeah. with a mic and I performed my set to the wall. Yeah. I've also paid money to go to um, studios mm-hmm. with a microphone and stand there in front of monitors and get work on my stage presence and rap to people, people coming into the studio and watching me uh, practice and critiquing me, giving me live critiques. You know what I mean? I'm somebody who is as arrogant as this may seem, still rap to the mirror. Yeah. Till it don't feel funny no more. Oh, you know what I mean? Till it don't feel awkward anymore to where you yeah. know your mannerisms or know what you want to do a certain part of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I I just I feel like it's best to be prepared. Cause I remember when J. Cole came out here for the first time, he did a show with Waka Flocka 
at like the Tabernacle. Man, that sounds so funny to say that J. Cole did a show with Waka Flocka. And only this was the headliner. Uh, Rock Nation's first signed artist, J. Cole, comes out here. He was just now getting the buzz. He wasn't even yeah. really popping yet. And I knew that there was, there was, and this was like, what they didn't realize is this was a major performance because Flocka was on at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Had already hopped on. A, uh, Diddy was already on the Oh, Let's Do It remix. You know what I mean? So he oh, was gone. Yeah, it was that time. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was out yeah. of here. He and I knew people here. that I went to school with that got opportunities to go and perform on that platform. They didn't realize the platform you're going at. I say that to say that I can see that happening in 18 months at the most if I play my cards right. Because yeah. I, somebody, somebody I do take a lot of pride in doing the live show. So I feel like I could get somebody to book me in bigger venues off of the strength of the live show than the music. And at the same time, going through the indie circuit, I'm starting to realize how I, this is something that I feel like more artists need to do, is try to find out how you, how you can get people to relate to your music. I get up there, I might be, I, I'm just going to throw this out there because you never know, you'll never know the truth. I might have not been drunk before I got on stage, mm. but I know how to get drunk on stage, you know yeah. what I mean, to sell gotcha. them records, gotcha. you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So. No, I mean, that's, I mean, at the end of the day, bro, like, you are an entertainer. You yeah. Know you are an entertainer, and, and it's a... It's it's a way that you can do things that make people connect with you. You Straight know what up. I mean? Like if if the environment is live like that, and you you know you go to the bar real quick, like okay, let me let me get a drink before I get on stage because yeah. I want to connect with the people. And and you get on stage and people see you interacting and they like yo like I'm I'm just gonna give this away because that's what I'm about giving mm-hmm. giving people stuff. The key, in my opinion, for an artist is, is it's just one simple thing. You got to get people to love you and want to be like you. But they can't get there, if that makes sense. It's got to feel like, dang, he made it look so easy, but I don't know if I could do it myself. I don't know if I can do it myself, but he make it look like I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. And I love everything that they're doing. If you can figure that out. Because all the, the love and the hate part, that stuff, that'll come. Like, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. naturally have people that hate what you're doing. That's just, you know, the hate comes with the love. But if you can get on to the point where people like, man, I love what Div doing. Man, I want to do what Div doing. I don't think I can do what Div doing. You feel me? Because then what, what happens is the love is going to keep them appreciating you. Mm-hmm. The fact that they can't do what you do is going to keep them trying to come to see what you're doing. So they can keep trying to like, no man, let me. I know I can figure out this rap thing, man. Like, right, right. Div make it look so easy. I know I can do it. I'm in the mirror practicing. I can do it. Right. Let me come back and see if I can do it again. And it's just, it's like that drug. You keep, they, you know, the thing they say about like with with most of the high, the, the biggest drugs, you'll never get as high as you did the first, the first time. time. Mm-hmm. And so you just chase that high. And I think that's what happens with with anybody like that. I'll never live down meeting outcasts as a 11, 12-year-old. I'll never forget that. It's, it's, it's there. It's just not uh, the storyline. Y'all have heard me tell this story 30 times, so I won't tell it again. But that will never go anywhere. For that one little small thing that happened back then, I'm forever outcast. Man. Like, they can't do no wrong. Yeah. They can come out right now and say, like, man, we hate each other. I'm be like, man, they're going to get back together next week. It's just they can't do any wrong for me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that's the thing, man. It's it's that trying to figure out how to to do that is the, the difficult part though. You know what I'm saying? How to get to that point. But you know, I, I think 
the one thing is just make music that number one you believe in. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's you know that's saying? a like, whole nother tangent. Yeah, a, yeah, that's that's a whole nother tangent. Like you, you, you gotta. It's that thing of where if you make the music that you love and that you believe in, then you'll never have to try to be somebody else later on. You know what I'm saying? You just I'm being you. It's whiskey and women. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like that's that's the two. Those my two vices. So you can't. You'll never feel bad about performing any record from Neat. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. That was the you know that's the point. You <laughs> like, never never feel like you should never feel awkward doing yeah, exactly. doing a record. You exactly. know, or like dang, they about to hear me say that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or like, <laughs> do I really agree with that? It's like, nah. Everything that's happened was a situation, especially because um, all I did. It's literally just a period of life. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I so, can't. Like, how many months does it? Like, will you say eight months? Eight months. Okay. Neat consists of eight months of life. Be your life. Um, and I'm I'm gonna consider the the July 25th as the end of that season. You know, I'm real big on seasons in life, and I feel like as long you, you when you pray and live through them, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you get your perspective and growth from it. Absolutely. Um, I got out of jail and didn't have nowhere to go. Mm. I ain't had no money. You know what I mean? And I had some friends who were willing to let me come in and crash and live on their couch, who coincidentally at the same point in time were going through a struggle the same way I was. Yeah. Finances and life in general, everything was like, life is crazy. And, you know, I thank God for them times because yeah. we came together. We fellowship, you know what I mean? And we had these most pivotal and thought-provoking conversations that were some of the jewels going into the project. And the three and the things that were so consistent through all these conversations and these scenarios of life were whiskey and women. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we was drinking a lot and yeah. women was coming around and they were provoking scenarios and situations and conversations. We would get drunk and we would put ourselves in scenarios and situations. Yeah. And I just got to sit back. Like all my friends are older than me. Yeah. So I just got to sit back and just kind of like live on it, taking the perspective. <laughs> and then all of a sudden something snapped. I started getting some new records and I'm like, yo, I know what I want to say. Yeah. For once, I know what I want to say. I'm not just like out here like feeling my way through it. This is what I want to rap about. This is what I want to come out. I was, I was always terrible at hooks. I didn't know what to do for a hook. And then I just started just taking bars and just thinking, what's the essence of, uh, of the situation? A lot of niggas claiming they don't love these hoes. <laughs> but they all up in their feelings when she dipped because she all they know. You know yeah. what I mean? And, I, and, that, and at first, that was, a, that was a verse. You know, I was going to start. That, with, that line, bro, like, I don't know if I told you, but that line on that record is so, like, it's so, it's such a real statement. I had, you know what I mean? That was the point. That it's was such a real statement, man. On so many levels that we don't even have to get into, but it's such a real statement because it's like, we as dudes, we put up that front. Well, I don't love these old, man. We, we, put, we put up that shit. front until she leaves. Until she gone. <laughs> or a girl tell me, he love me, he love me. Why he ain't never around, man? He on his grind, he handling his yeah. business. I'd be like, me too. Yeah, but I we having this conversation right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm busy as hell right now. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that That's was crazy. just the biggest thing. Like I, I, I can honestly say I've been blessed with some of the best friends in the world, some of the the biggest support system, uh, you know, that anybody could ask for. And I felt like it was only right that I give the story and the perspective of the last 18 months because I feel like anybody who was referred to in this project or who was an inspiration or amused into making this music during that period of time also made a transition themselves. And also, I feel like I owe it to them as much as myself to release this project and, and promote it because 
you know, uh, they're the reason it, it, it came to pass the way it did. So for the first time, I didn't have to embellish to sound cool too. At the same time, you know what I mean. It was like this. This is it. This really. This like, is this. This happened. Yep. This is my life <laughs> right now. This is what I'm going through. I didn't have to make it sound cool. You know yeah. what I mean. And it it sounded cooler to just give it straight no chaser. Yeah. Um. So for the first time, I didn't add a lot of grandiose metaphors and try to be uh overly poetic. I guess mm. you could say. I just kind of the beat came on and I talked through it a little bit. You know what I mean. And the more I did that is the story sounded so much more organic. So when I did say a cold line or a dope metaphor, it was right on cue. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was our whole approach to this project this time around. That's dope, man. It's, um, you know, it's crazy that you know, you learn through through projects. Like, you know, I'm listening to records and I'm learning, you know, I'm learning stuff like on the record track suits. I didn't, I didn't realize like you ran track like back in, mm-hmm. back in high school. Or whatnot. I, I, you know, I didn't know. And, um, you know, just that, that whole metaphor of how you brought that, kind of tied all that together, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it, it's just relatable records, man. Like, you know, even if you didn't run track, you know, it, most people had some type of athletic ability. You might have played a sport or you might have did something that you can relate or you knew somebody that, you know, may have ran track or played a sport. So it's kind of, you know, it. the record, I think, is... It's one of those things where it, it it came together, and now that it's done, you can kind of go back and look at it and just like, oh man, you can kind of pinpoint all the different stories, you mm-hmm. know, the different storylines, and 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 hopefully, I mean, the, the goal is for people to hear these records and kind of do the same thing that we're doing is like going back and kind of piecing stuff like, oh, so this is what was going on right here. This is what he means in this record, like this stuff. Like I'll never forget the um, it's a record that's not on on the album, but um. And I think you do say you do mention it on, on the new project, but you said something about like um, being drunk in New Orleans. Yeah, and I never forget. Like I think it might have been the first time you were home and you did that performance and you said that line and like everybody went crazy. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, they lived through this. They, mm-hmm. they were know, there. They, they were there. there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's like stuff like that, man, to where people connect with that and they can see it and they grab onto the music and it's just like. That reaction instantly made me think about being, it made me think about New Orleans. Like, the only mm-hmm. time I've been in New Orleans with my homeboys in high school. And I thought about what, the, the, you know, the, what we were doing, doing you know, yeah. back then. So it, it's, it's how you connect with people through the music. And it's really boiled down to just telling your story. You know what I mean? Telling your story and getting people to, to gravitate towards your story and getting them to like who you are, you know, at the end of the day. Um, Man, what else, man? I, you know, I got to get you to do vinyl conversation. That's that hand down. That that has to happen. Uh, we don't lose the bars. I might have changed up this podcast a little bit, but we'll never lose the bars. Straight up. Um, but you know, what else about this project, man? Or, or what else do you want the people to know when it comes to you know Div and and, and Neat? Um, shit. Everything gonna pass. You know, every good thing got a lease on it. Every bad thing got a peak on it. You know what I mean? Don't don't ever knock yourself or knock anybody for trying to reach and do something. Um, shit, I done been called every name possible. I done been drugged through the mud. I done seen shit that, you know, make you question religion. Mm-hmm. And also then seen some things that'll make the worst of sinners find religion, you know, in favor. So um, that's one thing I want to say before it comes out that it's not just about me being you know, a 23-year-old alcoholic and felon. Yeah. It's the fact that I can look myself in the mirror and say that at face value, that's what I am. Mm. However, I'm still a son 
yeah. a man of God, you know what I mean? A friend and things like that. And I know that I'm striving and going in a situation under my middle of made campaign that, you know, we're going to be all right and we're going to make something out of this. We know we're supposed to do this. If we don't know nothing else, we're going to rap. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. we're going to do that. And, uh, you know, we do it well. Absolutely. Just, just trying to grow up with it. Yeah. Oh, that's dope, man. So, look, this vinyl conversations, man. Um, I think I want to do something different. I, I think I'm going to do... No, 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 man. I'm, I'm, Let's try I'm, something new. I got 45s, man. I, I never get a chance to um, do the 45s because I, I go off album covers, so you can kind of tell a story. Mm. But I got a bunch of 45s over here, man. So I want you to, I want you to go through these 45s. Okay. And, um, you know, same type of vibe, but you don't have to give me no story from it. You know, what I want to do is uh, whatever three you pick out, we're going to put all three of them on. And we're going to flip back and forth, and hopefully you can give us some off of all three of them. How about that? All right, man. Let's see we're what we gonna got. We're going to do that. So you got, I, I got a lot of 45s, man. So section right here, I'll, I'll, I'll move it over. You can go for it. Yeah. So choose three out of there, and um, you can tell the people what you got, you know, what you picked out. You probably can't. Some of them are so old, you might not be able to see anything on them. Yeah. The end of the road, Marvin Gaye. All right. Lost by Jerry Butler. This one, I get nervous. <laughs> Ain't no tell. Uh, making love is good for you by Brooke Benton. Oh, this about to be crazy. All right, so we got those, man. So look, I don't know. Do you do you freestyle? I don't know if you freestyle much or what. I mean, sometimes, but I I rather kind of sit back and let's see what kind of muse descends okay. and see what kind of happened on it you know what i mean i will throw out a disclaimer i ain't the coldest freestyler <laughs> but i do rap all right so look we're gonna go with these man this is what this is what we got man we're gonna do something different so i'm gonna put these on bro and okay. um you know govern yourself accordingly for sure you know we still we still gonna have fun with it we got the end of the road marvin Gaye. we're gonna go with that one first straight up Crackle, the blind conversation crackle come in. Okay. Hey, hey, you know them days when it's hard to be, huh? Ran around the corner, but you get that off the muscle. Blessings when you stress it. God giving hustle, taught to never trust a woman when you know your mama love you, but uh, uh it sounds like church. It sounds like reverend. Uh, 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 but I promise you, I'm heaven. Further than you ever heard. Huh. Lyrical murder. Hey, and that's all for the top, all for the topic. Just wait for the drop. Uh, Okay. Just think about all 
the Marvin Gaye sample so cold. I do this every time. Every time we do this, I get caught up listening to the music more than I do rapping. You good, you good. I wish I was a real DJ, man. I would have just went to the next record with ease, but I'm not a real DJ. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong. We in the den. We'll give you a little more crock with though. How about that? Hey. What else is on this record? What else is on this record? I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard this. Hey. Um. Hey. You want the B side? Yeah, let's go to the B side. Just wonder who I'm the call when money is not involved and cushions the one resolve for everything that I long in life. Leaving me So you just swing dance, hey. Hey We just straight out the den. It ain't where we're going. It's about where we've been. Where's that oxymoron? Just a moron. I mean, you moron. I don't know. Hey, smooth with it, cool with it, off of the top. Wish you were here. Hey, it's like magic. Imagining what would happen if I ended up being pappy to some chick. Hey. Now this is, this is, okay, I like this, uh, hey, 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 and this is something for the hip-hop fans, up late, eyes in the ceiling with the hip-hop beds, I'm at the 9 to the 5, I'm out of pocket with mine, to get specific, I'm here to give you a moment of time, but huh, I remember me and Doogie was pimping, giving plenty bitches the business, that's the storm was a mission, uh, and inside I found my true rider and ace boo, I promise bro that we popping bottles in Prague soon, a couple 40, some euro shorty, scary and sporty, I know the others, but really, them two just did it for me, hey, but we just smooth with that, cool with that, I mean we grew with rap, hey, and we just cool with that, and we just smooth with that, and we just grew with rap, huh, yeah, that's all I got. We in the den, man. <laughs> Look, man. It ain't supposed to be easy. No, no. It ain't supposed to be easy. I told any any rapper that come in the den, I need them bars from you. Need them bars. And so you gave us some bars, man. I ain't you know it, it's all good. I ain't, I ain't gonna hold nothing against you. Um, <laughs> That's when the shade is thrown subliminally. Hey, no, 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 no shade. Because I know you can rap. I know you can rap. I know you can rap. And that that last one right there, the the um, the last one, I I, I like that. I think I uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave it alone. I leave it alone. But um, this project, man, neat. We got July 25th dropping. I know you you having some type of 
got to bring it on home. I know there's some type of party lined up. What you going to do? Like, how you going to present it to the people? What's the um shit this year last year man i was waiting for them to bring the shackles in to take me down the road so my time could start hmm. um last july 25th i did i was in freaking like bacon county georgia um trying to get to homies to make me a chain gang cake so we could <laughs> try to celebrate my my 23rd birthday so with that being said i'm gonna drop the the project on that day I'm going to throw myself a birthday party. I'm going mm. to barbecue, and I'm going to film the whole thing, and then we're going to make a music video out of it. So I'm going to do a big ask anybody to come out, anybody who know Divs and rocks with Div out of love, man. Even bring some of that hate, but we're going to notice that energy quick, and you're going to have to get going. But uh, come wild out and hang out with us, man, with the whole middle of May camp and just everybody else's camp, man. So Dope, man. Well, look, man, it's Jay Good and Straight Out the Den, man. You can um, follow me at Straight Out the Den. Hey man, how do they follow you? I'm I'm giving my I'm giving my Twitter. Oh, don't they don't even, even trip, know how man. they go. Um, how can they follow you if they want to get more information on this neat campaign, Middle of May, all of that? Um, you can check me out at middleofmay.com. We'll be launching the official new website um, in the next month. However, we do have one running now. Or you can follow me on Instagram at, at d i v a n c e underscore on Twitter at d i v a n c e w. Or, man, just throw D-I-V or D-I-V.W into Google or YouTube, man, to see what you come up with. Dope, dope, man. Well, look, man, it's Jay Good straight out the den. Um, look, uh, this is, this is my, my public service announcement. Follow this podcast on iTunes. Straight up. <laughs> just do it. It's simple. Do it. You know, um... SoundCloud is cool. I love SoundCloud, but we really need y'all to subscribe on iTunes. It's very simple. Just click the subscribe button. And and if you love what we're doing, after you do that, you know, rate and review. Um, it, it literally takes like all of like a minute to do all three of those things. And and it, it'll go a long way with us. So I, I really would appreciate if you guys did that. Um Yeah, I mean we, we need your support and and this thing is like a voice for the underground like you know the the whole point of everything that i do is uh to provide a platform for the underground so this is what this is and you know the only way that it's going to continue to grow is you know with support from you guys so please go there and rate and subscribe on the podcast and um yeah man that's it div man i don't know what's this number three it's the third podcast it's the this the third, pro- the third podcast one before i went away a one when i dropped good luck and then after we about to drop this joint. Yeah, yeah, it's three, man. Three times the charm. I think I think after this, man, we'd probably be recording these things somewhere else. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think it's it's time for a change, man. It's time for a change for all of us, man. So look. Hey man, um, like I always say, if you uh if you got a dream, research that dream, pray on that dream, and work until that dream becomes a reality. And with that being said, I'm Jay Good straight out the den. He's dibbed up. My we man. Out.